interrupt our program to bring you this important message. Send it in, Jerome! Hit it! Here's a little gangster short size, a t-shirt Levi's is his only disguise. Sup? Like a tank, get hard to hit. Sup? Like Cuban easy. Heat check. Wednesday night. College basketball. Ha ha! Riley Swenson. Scott Sanduli. Kevin Malater. They call on the big three. I don't know who they are, but that's Gabe Schwartz. I'm Peyton Gallagher, and Providence just keeps on winning. And I think that's where we need to start the show tonight because Absolutely. we just watched them win another game in overtime, another game in which it was just anarchy. There was water on the floor. We were wondering whether or not we were going to have to repeat proceedings of a game that they had a year ago against Creighton in which they had to finish the next day in a different arena. This... Stops the game for like, what, 10, 15 minutes? About two minutes left in the game. And they're tied after 40 minutes. And then they're tied after 45 minutes. And then they're tied after 50 minutes. And they end up in triple overtime. And, of course, Providence gets their 11th win of the season by a margin of five or fewer points or in overtime. They're now 11-1 in such games. They have the highest luck rating in the history of that metric. But they keep winning. So at what point does that matter? That's the question that we have to appraise Providence with. Well, it depends on what you're evaluating them on. Like, okay, I've I've come to a I've come to a, a rational conclusion of, of Providence, I believe. Okay. They are incredibly lucky. Let me say that first and foremost. <laughs> sure. Okay. Good start. Good job. And I know Riley even I think Riley's been on my team. For for a relatively long ter- uh, time, in, in terms of being on the Providence's lucky wagon, and then tonight, tonight in the group chat, he floated out there at some point. Aren't you just like clutch? Like, aren't you just good at winning close games? Right, which is something I've been saying for weeks, but sure. Yes, but I will stay stand packed on. I think that this is one of the most absurd stretches of, like. Go into the blackjack table and just hitting, calling, calling it every single time, and just continuing to win and win and win. And I don't know when the ugly loss is going to be, because it could have been DePaul. I wouldn't say Xavier would have been an ugly loss. It could have been Butler on Sunday. All of these different opportunities have presented themselves, and none of them have happened. And at this point, I'm I'm very happy for Providence. I'm happy for Ed Cooley. I'm happy for guys like Al Durham who left Indiana and have found a good spot like this. I'm happy for Nate Watson. I'm happy for Griffin Peters' boy, Horchler, Horchler the Torchler. Horchler the Torchler. That's, that's two years in the making, three years in the making at this point. Um, I hope Providence wins the Big East because I, I like seeing somebody other than Villanova win that league. Like, good. And now they're And now almost, they're pretty safely going yeah, to win the Big really East. they're really in control of it at this point with two games, I believe, left in their conference schedule. Yeah, one of them is Creighton at home. With no Ryan Nemhart anymore, yep. broken, broken wrist, wrist today. tonight, and out for the Devastating. season. Devastating. He's going to be a national player of the year candidate next year. You can mark my words on that. That's a take, but I think he's going to be a great player. No, I, I'm just saying he now, is a great player. Yeah. Like today, he yes. is a great player. He's better than his brother. Yeah, he long term, he's definitely better than no, his brother. like right now. I don't know about that. I don't know if I'm willing to go there yet. To circle around on Providence, I'm glad that they're probably going to win the Big East. Good to have some fresh blood. Good to have... I mean, they've been around for a long time. They've never been this good. And it's great for the school. 
I'm also extremely, extremely, extremely excited to pick South Dakota State <laughs> or Vermont or Murray State. Uh, they're not going to play any of those teams because they're not going to be a four or five seed. What are they going to be? They're going to be a two. If they're a two, if oh, they're a two, no. is they, if they win, are you, no, 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 are you okay. joking? Tweet. If they win a power Twitter. conference league with three regular season losses, yeah, they're going to be on the two the, line. Okay, but here's the thing. Here's the thing. They're going to beat Creighton, and then they're going to lose to Villanova next week. They're going to get stomped in Philadelphia. I don't see what you see in Villanova that tells you that is a fact. They're going, okay, they'll lose to Villanova, and then they're going to lose again. I will, I will bet, Taco Bet right now, offering it on the show. Providence is not winning the Big East tournament. So they're going in with five losses. They're going to go in with five losses. And this their net ranking is not elite. Their Ken Palm ranking is not elite. Their Torvik ranking is not elite. Sure, All no. of those things, things that the committee has shown evidence of based on the 16 seeds that they released on Saturday, that they're valuing more and more in the, in the, the more that they're coming out with the bracket. Like that is something that is being prioritized more now. They lock onto the two line if they win these next two games. Yeah, if they beat Villanova and then they go to the Big East tournament and they make the championship I, I or the semifinal. I think they can lose in the first round of the Big East tournament. If they win at Villanova, I think they're on the two line. If they end up on the two line, I damn near may pick a 15 seed to beat them. Do you think Providence will win at Villanova? I, I think it's a toss-up. I think it's 50-50. I don't think they're going to get blown out. Uh, here's the thing that's changing for Providence, and it, this hasn't been perfect lately. You have to factor in, you know, Al Durham who has been their second-best player all year, has been hurt and has been trying to play through an injury. That's not going anywhere. I acknowledge that. You can't just write that off. But what they've gotten out of Jared Bynum this last two weeks has been insane and I think needs to change the perception of this team a little bit. They're getting in these close games against not good teams. They got taken to the wire by Butler. They've won consecutive games in overtime. They've won three of their last four games have been overtime wins with a loss to Villanova, separating them. I get it all, okay? But what Bynum's doing for them, late-game scoring, running their offense, has been impressive. 19 points against St. John's in a four-point win. 32 in a huge win over Georgetown. That says nothing. 25 against DePaul in overtime. 18 against Villanova. 18 against Butler. It felt like all of them came in the last five minutes and beyond. And then another really strong game from him today in this one as he gave them 27 off the bench. Fun note about this one. Every single starter on both teams had at least double figures, and I believe both teams were led by a guy in scoring that came off the bench in Bynum and Kunkel. Interesting note. Interesting note. I, I just don't, at, at what point, this has been one, a lot has been written about this, plenty of 538 articles. By the way, the, the 538 people are the same people who are telling you the Boston Celtics are the favorite to win the NBA title. I'm just putting that there as well. Um, but th there is this, there are these Bermuda triangles that exist in analytics, like home court advantage and what it actually means, or what is clutchness? Does that actually exist? That it's just really hard to quantify. Every team is different. Every team is unique. They have their own individual footprint. And for Providence, at a certain point, the math, the numbers, the stats that you rely on are part of scientific formula. Scientific formulas tell you about trends and patterns. At what point is this a pattern? Is there a bulk of evidence that suggests to you that Providence is just good at winning close games? They're composed. They're tough. Their offense sticks in tight situations. It feels like they escape a lot. 
And to that point, I will say to you, they are lucky, but they put themselves in positions to be lucky because of how they compete. To which I will say this. Ask yourself the real question. I'll go around the room. How many national championship contenders are there in the Big East? None. 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 Zero. None? Okay. I'm going to bat for Providence. I, I just no, think no, no, they're no, a really I, good team. I, I don't think I they can think, win a national yeah, title. Yeah, yeah. I think we might be arguing different points. But my my greater point to this is going to circle around to something that we've seen in the Pac-12, which is this. We think that what? Arizona can win the national championship? Yes? Sure. Mm-hmm. Do we think mm-hmm. UCLA can win the national championship? Yes. Yeah. Okay, so there's two teams in the Pac-12 that we think can win the national championship. And there's a team in the Pac-12 that has four losses and 23 wins— do you know where I'm getting at? Mm-hmm. That I don't think we would necessarily say is elite. I don't think we would necessarily stand on the bridge for if they had lost one fewer game and be like, "Well, oh, the, this team deserves a two seed." The, All of these things. They're in a power conference. The, oh, they can the, win the close road's games. Been a lot harder for Providence than UCLA. No, 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 no. I'm arguing about USC. USC has okay. four losses and 23 wins, and if they had one fewer loss and they had one. A bunch of their games by five or fewer, and we had just had the the attention paid to them because every single night, every single game that they played, they were playing a close contest that gets our attention. And we're like, oh, might want to tune in to see Providence tonight. They're going to get upset, and then they don't get upset, and it's confirmation bias of, oh, they keep doing this. Oh, they keep doing this. I'm saying USC by the metrics is better. USC has one fewer loss, and if, if Providence had lost tonight, they would still be probably on the four line, maybe the five line. USC is sitting on like... In most bracketology indexes, either a five or six, I think Providence is way more, way, way, way closer I, I, I to that, being USC than they are to that. And, I think and a pe- lot of that has to do with the fact that like Providence does have that marquee non-conference win over Texas Tech. That is part of it. I mean, the fact that Texas Tech swept Baylor too, that only makes Providence look better. They also lost to Virginia, though, which is They great. got killed, and I watched that game and from tip to I, finish, and they got killed because they just couldn't break down that pack line. Providence also beat Wisconsin on the road. Yeah, that was Johnny Davis didn't play in that yeah. game. Yeah, Johnny Davis, I know Johnny Johnny Davis didn't game. play in that game, but, but still. It's still a good win. It's a, it's a good win it's on the road. still a quad one win. The question is, to me, like, I think we can all, well, I mean, probably not Gabe, but a lot of us think Providence is at least a good basketball team, but my question is, what do we think we're arguing? Because I see a like yeah. I think their ceiling is Sweet Sixteen. So let's let's just let's chisel out the thesis. I don't think that's the ceiling at all. I, I think this team could fumble their way to the Final Four. I I don't think that's impossible. No, it, 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 it could end up no. like a Houston situation yes, like okay. last year. Yeah, exactly. Houston situation, they get the but... right kind of break, and they are good enough to get to that point. They are certainly one of the sixteen best teams in the country, and therefore, by the simpleton logic. Yeah, they can get to the Sweet Sixteen. They get the right breaks. They can get to the Elite Eight to the Final Four. They know how to take that punch, though, and I think that matters when you get to March when you are going to get punched. There are teams that are going to be lesser opponents that are going to find a way to get a lead on you or make a run against you. Providence is not going to shiver at all when that happens. I think that is valuable. I agree. It, mm-hmm. it might be valuable. I just am not going to give credit to Providence for baiting DePaul into punching them and Butler into punching them. Like You don't, sure. get, you don't get credit— for allowing, for being a, a welterweight fighter and allowing the bantamweight guy, like be, like begging him to punch you. Boxing and then, analogies for yeah, Gabe. Which is very, very rare. But I'm not like, I'm not impressed by DePaul, by, by Providence. Does, does it say baiting. something to you that uh, it seems like Providence 
it's not one of these things where they're going up and their opponent's meeting them. It feels like in these overtimes, these close games, 30 seconds to a minute, 30 left, and it always feels like they're down by a possession. They find a way to win anyway. One exception to that was the UConn game. UConn had to fight back to get, well, true, to get Providence. But, like, I I just think there's a stick to There's a doggedness, an edge. It's hard not to get romantic about it at a certain point unless you're a computer with no heart like Gabe. I'm not a computer with no heart. I'm a guy with an eye, with eyeballs that tells me this team is extremely average and keeps winning every every well, coin flip. And the counter the counterpoint to the point that you made that you haven't made on air, which I'm a little bit surprised by, you made this prior to the show, is that Providence is not top twenty in any major statistical category aside from three throws attempted and, and three, three throws, throws made. made. Yeah. <laughs> but I also would counter and say in this year in which everybody seems to have some massive hole in their armor. Providence doesn't do anything poorly. The best argument you can make for Providence having tournament success is that in a year full of not elite guard play and like there's not really a Kemba, mm-hmm. there's not really there's not a John Morant, there's not somebody yeah, like that. They've who got can an awesome carry. backcourt. Yeah, like Jared Bynum and Dur- and Al Durham are, are a solid backcourt. But my counter to that would be even in their own league, I like RJ Cole better. And I I still for as much as this show loves to crap on Colin Gillespie. I like Colin Gillespie better. I I get you. But, like, I think there is something about Providence where you look up and down the roster and they're not matchup dependent. Their personnel dictates that, like, you know, if we need wings to play well today, Horstler can do that. We need the guards to take over. Al Durham and Bynum can light you up. We have the best big in the conference in Nate Watson. I think that's a fair claim to say. He's the best big in the Big East, yeah? I think Adam Asanogo is better. Okay, that's fair. But... Certainly, right there. Yeah, he will be in the discussion for first team or, conference. I, I really like Ryan Kalkbrenner too. He'll be in the discussion for first team. But, I mean, this is just me being negative. I'll probably yeah, I know. I know. Can, I'm just gonna keep harping on those points. So I'd love to go around the room and think, see, see what everyone thinks their ceiling is. Ceiling of of, uh, a Houston, the Houston like Red Sea doesn't open up and they don't get to play 15 seed, 10 seed. Let like whatever what it was eleven Oregon and State twelve 11. yeah yeah if pretty much that, was a pulling yeah. guard for them leading the path to the final four if they play if seeds fall as they may what do you think their ceiling is assuming Providence is a three seed they would not get past the Sweet Sixteen I'm right there with uh, Sweet Sixteen they're gonna get matched up in the Sweet Sixteen with a Every time recently now that they've played a team just better than them, which I think Villanova is better than them at basketball, mm-hmm. they lost that close game. And so in the tournament, I think it comes down to, like, yeah, it's fun. They're winning all these games in the Big East. A lot of these teams that they're beating, aren't, they're not going to see them in the tournament when the games count. So in the Sweet 16, they're going to play a two seed or a one seed that's just better than them. And it's not, they're not going to be in a close game at the end. They're going to be down by 15 or 20. I could see well, them possibly picking off Purdue. But other than that, nobody else. I think Purdue actually would pose. Uh, it would be interesting because I, I just don't know if they could score with Purdue. I Yeah, I think that they would get cooked. Work. But yeah. also they're a lot tougher than Purdue, and that matters too. Exactly. I think if if you're drawn up like which top teams can Providence match up with, like the best the best one is in their conference, like Villanova, because Villanova is not going to wow you with they're – not, they're not going to get out-athleted. Yeah. Um, I, I think Providence could get to the Final Four. <sighs> Peyton, come on. Cookie's got to crumble the way it did for Houston. That's I, I, don't, the only think, way. I don't think no. that's necessarily true. 
But I, I think they could. I'm not saying they will. I think they the could. Providence yeah. is a they, two, can't, they can't no. win a national title. They're not good enough to win a national title. If, but they they could get to the Final Four, as we've seen a lot of times. We've seen teams constituted like this. They're just gutty, scrappy, tough teams. Be able to take advantage of favorable matchups and win one game that maybe they shouldn't because anybody can win one game in the tournament. Payton, it can Pro- happen. If Providence were to be a two or three seed and get to the Elite Eight, what one seed would they beat to get to the Final Four? And, and a one-off, single-game, single-elimination tournament, we've seen time and time again that anything can happen. We have. I, they're, they're stylistically, you're not going to look at them and say in a winner-take-all matchup, gun to your head, you're not going to pick Providence. Nor should you. That doesn't mean I don't think they can win those matchups. Okay. I... I wouldn't put it as far as Final Four. I can easily see this team going to the Elite Eight, though. I can easily. Yes, I can easily see this team going to the Elite Eight. I honestly can. You can put them up against any of the two seeds right now, and I can see them easily beating them in like kind of the one-off game. And also, easily. if Providence gets to the Sweet Sixteen, they're going to be pretty hot at the time. And I always like the teams who are hot at the moment. They're com- they have a nice stretch here for the Big East right now. Obviously, we'll see what they have to do at Madison Square Garden. But I don't see why they can't make the Elite Eight. Has everyone here taken a statistics course? Yeah, I'm in one right now. Yeah. I think that was just a, that was just a queer. Uh, I think every I team in the Sweet Sixteen would be in some sense hot at that point. Yeah. Yeah. Here's my thing, but guys. There's, I just a, think there's a difference, though. No, like it, it, I understand. I'm being an absolute like wet asshole. blanket. I'm being an absolute. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm being an absolutely like. Just ridiculous. I'm throwing a wet blanket on this entire situation. So, okay, let let me... The interesting thing here is that Providence is a team with a couple awesome guards from the Big East that compete really hard. They're tough. They've got swagger. I just think it would be... I wonder how our perception of Providence would be different if Providence had maybe, like, lost four or five games but had blown a couple of these other teams out and had a little bit more convincing performances throughout conference play because that version of them I think is a lot more sexy for people because they start to think of Kemba and great guards from the Big East and doing stuff in the tournament. Yeah, like if they were elite at something, I would be way more in on them. But They they are elite at something, winning games late. What was that UConn team? Uh, and I don't have the Kempom numbers, and they probably look a lot better post tournament. But what was that UConn team elite at? They Which were, one? They 11 were or 14? 11, yeah, the 11 team was top 20 in offensive and defensive efficiency. Brian just stuffing Ke- shots. Kemba, hey, Jeremy Lamb. Don't forget, Jeremy Lamb was big on that team. Connecticut was top 10 in. Uh, but all those, no- all those numbers aren't going to be accurate because they're post tournament. Mm-hmm. They're not going to be accurate well, reflections of what they were prior to the tournament. This. Providence team is, is, and I'm not saying they are. That. Also, doesn't have the pros that they UConn. We, we, we spent gotta, 15 minutes on Providence. We just got to say enough. I'm 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 fired out. We're we I'm are, fried. Provi- wow. Providence. Before Providence. we wrap, before we wrap, we just got a sixth opinion in from Jack Loader. Providence is big soft, according to him. Jack Loader is what a zag. One thousand percent riding and dying with me, and we will we will both be fading. I thought Rafferty. I, I could easily dude, see them. I'd be fading the Providence Friars in the brackets so bad. I thought Rafferty was in the crowd tonight. The dunk is electric. There's water on the floor. <laughs> Officials are coming over to the table prior to overtime and saying, "Yeah, this is the Big East, guys. It's electric." Providence is good for college basketball. Yeah, they are. Oh, oh for I sure. Agree. Easily. Pop off. Um, okay. <laughs>
UConn and Villanova. Scott, I, I think later in the show we need to give you – I'm just going to – I'm going to take you out of this discussion. We're going to have <laughs> no, 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 no. We're going to have a team <laughs> and organized discussion about this, and then we're going to give Scott his spotlight a little bit later. Agreed. Okay? Yes. So we're just, we're, just, we're just going to call to the bullpen at the end of this discussion. Arm You're, You're calling, You're calling Mariano Rivera. Arm Don't worry. Peter. Aren't you a Mets fan? <laughs> <laughs> I'm not calling an Edwin Diaz, Gabe. Uh, he you makes should. a good point. Edwin Diaz sucks. Um, yeah, I was talking so, baseball on E-Jack. <laughs> Thoughts uh, on this game? It was a block. There, there it is. It was a block. Okay. I mean, that I honestly I did not watch much of the game, so sure. I, so <laughs> that's the one clip I, I saw. A couple of clips. I saw Hurley getting ejected, which was dumb, and I saw Gillespie go down, and it was a block. And so my takeaway was the officiating was awful, but bad week for officials. Tough. Terrible. Tough week for I mean, officials. when is it not? But I just don't. Here's what I think. In years past, this will this is my takeaway. Thinking about it, is I think in years past, if UConn beats Villanova and beats a Villanova team from years past, like wow, UConn really did something. But I don't think this year's Villanova team is that where it's like, oh, we beat Villanova, we're a contender now. Like we we played with one of the best teams in the country. I think they played with a good team in their conference, but I don't think. This is like the win that defines. I, it does define their season, but I, it's not going to be like, oh yeah. Has Jay Wright lost a step? No, this is just not one of his best. No. Just a down Last year. year wasn't one of his best teams. Still it's because he's not wearing the suit anymore. Scott, you're not in this discussion. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> step back from the microphone. I mean, he, your he headphones got, can be on. He got teed up. He's out of here. Yeah, we teed. <laughs> do, are we double teed? Double teed. Double teed. He, he, he was hyping up the crowd. Double teed. I I do really oh. appreciate. You don't have to leave. I do really appreciate. No, no, no. It was definitely a capital T on Hurley from James Breeding. Yeah, it was 100 percent a yeah. capital T. Both of them. I also appreciate so much if you are an an avid lip reader like I am. Mm. What Dan Hurley said to James Certified. Mm-hmm. Uh, there was there was a four-letter word that starts with the sixth letter in the alphabet um, directed at the man, and then he called him soft, and he was he was correct. If you if you throw a guy out and your two technical fouls are for two hands slamming the scorer's table and then riling up the crowd, you are a soft official, and you are clearly, clearly not – Ready for the level of a Big East who threw top out, 25 matchup. Who threw out James Booknight? Was that breeding as well? I don't know. Probably, Scott says probably no. not. Scott says no. Probably not. But I'm glad James Booknight didn't listen to him either. Um, I, I will just say, like, I've personally seen Bill Self smash his hand into a scorer's table, and he's never been teed up for it. Like, you don't, you don't give technical fouls for that behavior. Was, was it right as he got ejected that— Danny goes, please win this game for me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Guys, yeah. Huddle yeah. the guys around. Please win this game well, for me. Well, because if you if you noticed, he didn't listen to great guy Adam and Sonogo. First technical foul happens. Sonogo walks over to Hurley, mm-hmm. and he's like, "Coach, coach, you got to sit down. Like we need you." And then and then Hurley's like, "Nah, no. nah, screw that." Stands no. up and riles the crowd up. Gets thrown out, and then Sonogo like drops his hands and looks like he's very upset with him. And then Dan looks at him, and, and that's where you have the the lip reading spot where you where you see him say, "Guys, please win this game for me." They delivered. Yeah, 
Choke job by Villanova late, though. <laughs> Up four with 26 seconds left. I cannot imagine what the Sanduli room uh, you sounded know you like can in TP. because you can see it on Twitter. I never saw this video. No, there's no, a the threat. There's You're still so muted. Well. Scott. Scott. <laughs> We've not unleashed you yet. I'd just like to add on, like, from what I saw of the game last night, that was that just gave me so many flashbacks to the old Big East, and I loved it. I loved it. I mean, this is a brass knuckles league. What can I tell you? I loved Broken it. Broken bottles. Just street fight. I loved it so much. And also, like, Hurley got front in the first half. It says a lot about this UConn team that they were able to rally around that and win that game. Because mm-hmm. a lot of the time in these types of games, when your coach gets thrown out, that kills your momentum, that kills yep. you as a team. I remember, I don't remember what year is it, but it was like Duke Syracuse at Cameron and Door. Bayheim didn't like the didn't like the offensive foul call, gets thrown out, completely swings the game, and Duke ends up winning that game. I don't know if you guys remember that game. That was like years yep. ago. I mean, it's a Coach Cal staple to get thrown out to ignite his team. He does it all the time. Either that or when he just gets tired of being there. That happens <laughs> tired too. of losing. Tired yeah. of losing. Or, or, there, or there's a Coach K move of like, yeah, you just, yeah, di- you just disappear. Up. And you just disappear at halftime and, and <laughs> don't come <laughs> claim, claim. I was having migraines. Wrongly I mean, Tommy. Yeah. But yeah, like I just said, that that says a lot about this UConn team, though, that they're they're willing to fight even after something like that doesn't go their way. It I says think, a lot. I think it's important to note that with UConn, this is the first time we've really seen them be whole in a long time. They had a lot of COVID and injuries. Sonogo was out, Jackson was out, they, and they never really were a complete team. And now. With Whaley, with Martin, with Cole playing at an extremely high level, the highest level he's played at since he transferred from Howard, this is the guy that I thought was going to be the Robin for James Book Knight last year. And he wasn't, but now he's developed into a Batman on this team. They have now won four in a row. They have now won five of their last six. They've beaten Marquette in that span. They've also beaten Villanova. UConn going to win the Big East Tournament? Depends on the matchups they get, in my opinion. They're probably going to be the hottest team. Exactly. I'd like to unleash Scott on the discussion now to answer that question. Because they'll be the three seed as of right now. So that'll be very interesting to see who they get paired up with. Okay, Scott. Are you ready? I'm I'm going back from the beginning. Everyone is saying UConn-Auburn Game of the Year, right? Right? Last night was every UConn fan's Game of the Year. After the American Conference from 2017 on, this team sucked. Horrible. But in 2020, they showed some signs. Beat Florida, beat Houston, beat Memphis. We're on fire going into the conference tournament, and COVID screwed us. Last year, ton of talent. James Booknight was a stud. But COVID injuries, they never got a rhythm going, couldn't get rolling. Maryland sent them home first round. Losing Booknight was a blow. I still thought it was a tournament team, but nothing special. Last night, they proved that wrong to me. That game start to fight was an start to finish was an absolute fight. Trading buckets early, getting physical late first half. Dan Hurley getting thrown out. James Breeding, you're a coward, by the way. But but the, this Huskies team was down four with 20 seconds left. Hit a three, got a tie up, got a layup, took a charge, won the game, and beat the team that has ran the conference ever since UConn left in 2013. Took a charge. I don't care if it was a block. I really don't because they called it a charge and UConn won the game. This game is a sign to UConn fans, to the Big East, to the whole country. 
the conference isn't a foregone conclusion like it has been in the past. Like, yes, Villanova is still the favorite, and I will say, I will take Villanova over UConn to win the Big East tournament right now. But with this win, UConn is, they won three national championships in this conference. They gave college basketball a lot of iconic moments in this conference. Last night was the message, UConn is back in the Big East. Watch out. Give it to me again, again! <laughs> Is that all you got? I will say this. So I was just going through the game logs of UConn games, and I think it's worth pointing out, uh, after we talked so long about Providence and just the fact that as you go through UConn's losses— they lost by four to Michigan State. They lost by three to West Virginia. They lost by four to Providence. They lost by three to Seton Hall. They lost by four to Creighton. They lost by six to Xavier. They could easily have four like, losses right I'm now. telling you, they if you go a little bit of coin flip on their luck and didn't give them the 216th luck in the country, so they're below average in terms of luck, you coin flip their, their way a couple other ways. They're per 100 possession metrics and stuff. Like, I— to a certain extent, I hate being this big of a nerd, but I think that this is very indicative of what the March, like what March Madness is going to look like. And when you ask yourself and you go down the roster and you look at RJ Cole and you look at Sonogo and you look at Whaley and you look at the rest of the UConn roster, like mm-hmm. objectively, Martin, Jackson. objectively, they're just a more talented team than Providence is. They beat teams in more comfortable fashion than, Prov- than Providence does. And the health factors throughout the year have kind of contributed to those i would say relatively unlucky the the amount of losses that they have by six points or fewer so if you flip two of those games i know that it's it's we're doing some creative math and some fudging of the numbers Mm -hmm. but at the same time mental gymnastics yes i'm absolutely doing mental gymnastics here um to bring back an old term from the heat check 2020 days but gag worthy you can call it that. I will just continue <laughs> to ride with UConn over Providence. And my boy Scott. UConn Un- over Villanova. Unbiased. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Is that where we're at? I, I don't, think it's I think it's very close. I, there's a lot more to like about UConn than Villanova mm-hmm. to me right now. There's a lot more. Listen, last night was amazing. Don't get me wrong. I still think Villanova is a better team than UConn. Why? One reason, and that's Jay Wright. National championships, that dude knows how to coach a team. Dan Hurley, he's never been to the Sweet 16. I love him with all my heart. He's a great coach. But I would, in the Big East tournament, if Villanova and UConn meet in the final, I am not expecting to win the game. Last night was, I I think it was a stroke of luck that with what happened at the end of the game, down 420 seconds, you lose that game 99 out of 100 times. I mean, it was pretty insane the Huskies managed to pull that out. And we saw when they were in Philly, Villanova punched him in the mouth, and UConn only somewhat got back in the game when Colin Gillespie was out of the game and still lost by 11. So put them on a neutral court in the Garden in the Big East Championship. I'd take Villanova to win the game, but UConn still competes. Uh, just Nobody in the front court scares me. Gillespie as like a legit guy to just take a game over off the bounce, getting in low, initiating, doesn't really scare me when the lights are on. Justin Moore is clearly their best player to me, even though he's their second-leading scorer. 
Uh, and Samuels is good, too. They've got good wings. They legitimately have good wings. But I also see them as a team that can be exploited in the front court. And when they play bigger teams, as we saw when they played Baylor and couldn't hit a daggum shot to save their lives, they struggle. There is not a lot of size in this Big East this year. And the teams that do have size have maybe given them just a little bit more trouble. Whether it's Creighton blowing them out or it's this UConn team beating them in this game. Did Sonogo play in the first Villanova game? He didn't, right? No, he did. He, he did? Got, he played like 20 minutes because they, they got him three fouls like in five minutes. Yeah, I, I'm just I'm starting to sense a little bit of a trend with Villanova, which is when they play legit size, they struggle a little bit more. They're just more, they're consistently elite offensively, like efficiency-wise. They just play, sure. they play at a slow tempo, so they don't score a ton right. all the time. Right, but right, right. they're very good offensively. Yeah. I, I still think... Verdict, we've had a, this is the longest and most we've talked consistently of the Big East this year. And I think this is, it fits with what we've seen this week in terms of the news. Um, So it's well-timed. But I I love watching these teams compete against each other. None of them are winning the national championship. The Big East, nature is healing. This is the most excited we've been for New York in a long time. I yes. can't wait. I genuinely If Ryan Nemhard was there, man. Miles Powell was there. Just a thought. I mean, there's Bryce no, Aiken? I mean, yeah. I still think, like, I'm, I am still would not be surprised. Like, it won't be Georgetown. But, like, DePaul, you're welcome, Kevin, runs through the tournament. Like, yes. Yeah. DePaul dude, Kevin. <laughs> no, DePaul hey, dude, Kevin. Hey, if, I'm, no, I'm serious. Anything serious, though. happens Give me, in the garden no, in March. This is Anything. excellent radio. Uh Riley is just sitting there in the corner, so unenthused. He just he kind of like slowly blinks. Riley Big just opted out of the Big East. Riley, Riley oh. just wants to talk about the the ACC. No way, no, I do not want to talk about the <laughs> ACC. I'm, I'm serious though. If DePaul can get Freeman Liberty healthy and they can get him back in time for the Big East tournament, I can see. I'm not saying they win the whole thing. I can see them winning a couple of games. I'll though. say it. They could beat Providence if Georgetown. <laughs> they can, almost did without listen, Freeman Liberty. If, if Georgetown can win this conference tournament and become an AQ and get Patrick Ewing extended, <laughs> anything can happen. Anything can happen. They get blown and out by yet, Colorado. And yet, the best result, the best result, is UConn, Villanova. Providence and St. John's in the Final Four Listen, because dude, that would be beautiful. Wayne Tinkle got his team to run the table, win the Pac-12, and get to the Elite Eight. Return three starters from that team, and they've won three games. Anything can happen in March, especially oh, in Madison Square Garden. Such a nosedive. It's insane. It's, it's honestly it's one impressive. Of it's honestly getting, impressive. He it's finessed an impressive. extension out of it. Wayne Tinkle did. That's paying him three million dollars a year till 2027. <laughs> Bag. <laughs> Get her. Hey, honestly, clap it up for Wayne Tinkle. Woo, yeah. Woo. All right. Speaking of coaches, this program loves Eric Muscleman, not Eric Muscleman. Eric Muscleman the is importer. back. The importer is rolling. JD Note scoring 22 points on his 22nd win of the season on February 2nd, 22nd, 2022. The Deuces are going crazy. And Arkansas has only dropped one of what? Their last 10 games at this point? They're rolling. They are certainly hot. The and, and they just went into the swamp, by the way, and beat a team that just beat Auburn. They're 12 and 1 in the last 13. The must bus is rolling. The one loss is a one point loss at Alabama. In a game in which they won, in, like, they won every single category except points. Except for points. <laughs> 
Which what, what do we think? I think that they are going to surge onto. I know Scott had them four line in the last bracket that we. There's that an we, explanation for that. No, no, no. I know, I know. I would hope so. Oh, you want? Okay. Just the. It would have been Tennessee, and I wouldn't have thought twice. But Arkansas beating Tennessee was big a part that the recent hot streak, how they've flown up the the bracket lines. UConn wasn't ready for a four push. USC wasn't a four push yet. There was it was process of elimination for me when it came to that. Head to head, Scotty. It's his go to. Hey, we should start calling. He is head to head, Scotty. Riley, I'll ask, ask you. Um, confidence index for Arkansas. I know we're about to play contenders and pretenders. You guys are about to put us through the ringer on that one. But SEC teams, aside from Auburn and Kentucky, is Arkansas above Tennessee? Are they above LSU in your tournament confidence radar? Uh, for sure above LSU. Uh, I don't. I, I know they did just beat Tennessee. I would not put them above Tennessee. Um, I also would not, in a tournament setting, I don't know if I'd put them above Alabama. And, but, I mean, this is going to be one of those situations where it all comes down to, it really will come down to their matchups in the tournament. Arkansas and Alabama, I think, are both very much matchup dependent. But this is what we, I remember, I was thinking to myself, that this is a conversation we had at the beginning of the year where I believe it was Gabe, when we were all ranking Arkansas, like, why is everyone ranking Arkansas? They're barely winning. And this is why we we're all ranking Arkansas, because we knew they had this in them. And so I think this could be a team. They, we're going to learn a lot this weekend when they play Kentucky. but they And they get Kentucky at home. And I think we'll, we'll learn even more when they go on the road to Tennessee. So it, I think Kentucky gets them this weekend. I think they probably beat LSU and then lose to Tennessee to end the season. I think they're Sweet 16. Maybe a lead eight on the matchup, but I could also see them dropping round of 32. I don't know if there's a team in the country. There are teams with a better paucity of scores, right? I don't know if there is a team in the nation that has a broader multiplicity of guys that could just give you 30 on any given night and just get hot, and they've got 30 on the box score just like that. Whether it's it's Odise Tony, correct? It's not Odyssey Tony. It's Odise Tony. I think it's, I think it's Odis. Odis, Tony, I believe. Tony, <laughs> I'll look up the pronunciation. Tony guy. two shoes, Tony two points. Stanley Amude, shout uh, out Brian Sakura. Yeah, it's Odis. 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 Uh, Stanley Amude, JD Note, uh, even Devonte Davis has had a twenty-six point game mixed in there this year. And then right in the center of it is this this heartbeat for this team, which is Jalen Williams, who hits the glass super hard. And yeah, he's not developed the scoring punch that I anticipated. I think in a lot of ways, I thought he was going to be this team's best player. Instead, he just kind of holds everything else together while the other guys go cook. And they figure out who on that night is going to be their dude. And of course, yeah, J.D. Note is looking like he's going to be the guy who loses to Oscar Shibway for SEC Player of the Year. I mean, I mean, Note is averaging 19, 4, and 3 with 2.3 steals a game. Uh, he's not shooting the ball particularly well, but the counting numbers are pretty strong. Yeah, nobody on Arkansas shoots the ball very well. They're it, in the it, that might be a little bit percentage. alarming to me. But Well, and it's weird because they are, they are the like inverse of Alabama. Both, both teams run. Arkansas is elite defensively, top 15 off, uh, defensive efficiency. Alabama is top 15 
offensive efficiency and both are top 25 in tempo. So like they they do kind of the same thing. It's just that Arkansas physically can well, play some defense and Alabama can hit shots. When we're talking about teams that run, you're going to trust the one that plays defense better because it gives them more opportunities to run. Especially good transition defense. Yeah. But going back to what you said about SC mm-hmm. Player of the Year, are you are you counting out Smith and Kessler? Yeah, yes, yes, I am. I just don't think that, although I, I think that in a weird way, we've seen this a couple times in the history of college basketball. I think that Kessler is probably a better National Player of the Year candidate than J.D. Note. I think Note is probably the guy who's closest to Sheboy for SEC Player of the Year. Gotcha. Like, that sounds weird, but I think everybody in the room understands it, yes? Oh, 100%. Yeah. So, um, Walker Kessler, fraud of mis or the victim of misinformation. Yeah, that was a significant disinformation campaign or misinformation campaign. Yeah, don't trust today Wikipedia. Today on, on the in the heat check group chat. <laughs> Slam! What are we doing, guys? Other than you know putting crazy Mesquite St. Mary's shots in front of the world. Boo this man! <laughs> Boo it this my man! My fault. I was misinformed. I am. A yeah, and then you spewed, your, mis- you spewed your misinformation to us. Peyton and then is a that's victim. bad journalism. Some of us have to go check your information and realize it's wrong. That is literally what you're here for. That's correct. <laughs> you are the stats and information team. This is true. And a complaint about Caleb Love, but like that, that too. But <laughs> hey, no, Caleb Love keep turning the ball over because <laughs> stats and information tells us. When Caleb Love turns the ball over five times or more, UNC's undefeated. I think, it just feels like a stretch. I, I think the fact check from Riley earlier today, and, and to set the pretense, and then we'll go to a break, because this is certainly not the most interesting radio that we're about to ever do, but I'm about to do it. Uh, the number I gave was Walker Kessler, his single-season number so far this year of 4.56 blocks per game, which is an insane number was the eighth best ever. And I think Riley was skeptical, yes, but I also think he's like, there's no way we lost the eighth best blocking season in the history of college basketball to Auburn because we just couldn't hang on to Well, I think his spidey senses were like, yo, if this was actually true, someone nationally would have said something. We would have heard more about it is kind of what I thought. But also, yeah, back in my mind, I was like, what are we doing? (laughs) (laughs) What are we doing? Taylor Twelman. (laughs) What are we doing? Yes, correct. Uh, what we're doing is we're going to a break. This is Heat Check, and we'll talk to you in about, I don't know, two minutes? Sound good? Sound good. It's Banter O'Clock! Oh, Ferran Torres! Ferran Torres! Madison! Oh, it's glorious! Three friends, three soccer minds, and a lot of banter. Jesse Lingard! Curled in right footed, Allison! Would you believe it? Allison, the goalkeeper, has saved Liverpool's season! Tune in on Mondays from 9 to 10 p.m. on Blaze Radio to hear Ethan Ryder, Michael Bosky, and Nicholas Hodell break down all you need to know about the Premier League. Come for the banter and stay for the knowledge. Do you like tennis? Yeah! Do you like it to party? 
Yeah, even more so, I like it to party. Then come on down and join the tennis party at Down the Line Radio Show on Blaze Radio. You can listen to it Mondays at 2.30 to 3 p.m. Host is Carson Brever talking about tennis, tennis things, tennis players, tennis coaches, tennis writers. Come on, sometimes talk about the tennis. You don't want to miss it, so come on, tune in, and let's play. Party. Can I get a heat check? Heat check. The answer is yes, you can get a heat check. Let's freaking go! If you're not already getting a heat check, then what are we doing? Listen to Peyton, Gabe, and the gang break down college basketball only on Heat Check, 11 to 12 on Wednesdays, only on Blaze Radio, BlazeRadioOnline.com. If you're a concert fan, you can't miss Live from the Valley. It's a show with all of the latest news on concerts coming to the Phoenix area. And it airs every Tuesday at, uh, what time is it? Uh, Kendrick, can you help me out? Let's hmm. Top of the morning, 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 top of the morning. Ah, right. How could I forget? It's every Tuesday at 10 a.m. on Blaze Radio and BlazeRadioOnline.com. If you want to know more about concert dates, ticket prices, and show times for every tour stopping here in the Phoenix area, tune into Live from the Valley, hosted by me, Gannon Hannibal. Every genre, every venue. Follow us on Twitter at LFTV Radio, and I'll see you on Tuesday at 10 a.m. Heat check on a Wednesday night, taking you into a Thursday morning. The college basketball season is approaching that time of year where everybody starts to care. We've been here. We have been here holding the line. I'm bringing people in. I'm growing the game. I got the Bureau talking college basketball every Monday and Wednesday in the conference room. Spread the gospel. We are are getting juiced for March Madness. You said that like that might mean something else, but I think it literally just means that. There might be some juice on the line as well. Oh, what does that mean? Oh, we're getting a phone call. (laughs) We don't get those. I will bet a lot of money this is Jack Loader. It probably is. Are we going to take it? Take it. Take the call. (laughs) (laughs) Take the call. This is our first call of the year? Yeah. The the Taco Cello phone lines are open. (laughs) Well, they should be on air, but... I don't know. It's their prerogative. What are they going to say? Who is this person? I don't know. Not screening phone calls. This is a, <laughs> this is a bold risk. strategy. We're just throwing them on there. Bold strategy, Cotton. I don't hear anyone. I don't either. Can you hear me? Hello? Oh, there he is. It is Jack Loader. <laughs> Jack, what, what do you want? All right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to mute my radio because that's what they told me back in, to do in the day. Not to do back in the day. Yes. Um, I just want to say, Dave, your comment just now was really, I was thinking about calling in and then you said, talk about you growing the game in the Bureau. I fully endorse that. I've never been more into a sport that is so hard to watch as college basketball, and all it took was just me wagering an absurd amount of money on it every single day. Gabe is Don Quixote, is what you're telling me. He's spreading civility. Right, he's, he's the gospel. I've never enjoyed missing such terrible free throw shooting. I've never enjoyed watching such terrible free throw shooting in my entire life. Jack, um, we talk a lot about 
numbers, not teams, but what's your favorite team to bet on at this point as as a well-endowed uh, college basketball Whoa. gambler at this point? Well-endowed, you know. I've never been referred to that, that way in this, in this uh, instance, but I'd say probably the Jacksonville Dolphins are absolutely electric. They are. And if you and I were looking at today at line for future for the national champions, they were grouped into a, an other group, which is which was at plus one hundred twenty thousand, and I think there's real value there. <laughs> Jacksonville Dolphins, go Traveler, Fins. Tra- Traveler to the Buck Dome this year beat CSU by eleven. Killian McClatchy called that one. Fun fact. Dude, okay, so today yeah, we had uh, we had Xavier money line, right? Sure, Providence. We did. They, they yeah. up the Somebody game. had they, to get they, they up the game. They just cost up the game like six different times. It's had to keep continuously breaking my heart. Mm-hmm. And as someone who just follows their bets on using the like GameCast feature just on Safari on my phone, <laughs> the, the water delay was just absolutely <laughs> thrown for a loop. <laughs> when did you realize what was happening? When he texted me and asked? I, I, I was like, I, I'm on Twitter. I'm like trying to find, I'm trying to find like the Xavier beat writers on to like figure out what's going on. Because I was in the gym, subtle flex. And, uh, <laughs> and I was, I was, I was like, oh my god, it's been stuck on. I, I forget, like it was like seven minutes or something. It's been stuck mm. on seven minutes for like the last twenty minutes. I keep refreshing and I keep like turning my Wi-Fi off and on. And I'm like, I'm trying to figure stuff out, but it just couldn't. If someone who there needs to be a better way to to relay to us Billy being typed with our bets, what's going on in the game? Mm. Um, okay, so. We still have a ton of show left, and we are at 11.52. But we're, we're bringing Jack on on the Selection Sunday special. Yeah, I'm good executive decision. I endorse. Uh, Jack, any any last parting wisdom just for the general masses? Uh, uh, it appears we are on the precipice of war as a nation, and among other things. <laughs> right, what? right, right. That's why, I'm, that's why I'm thinking we put, that's why I think we put the farm. On uh, on someone to win it all this year because I might get drafted in the next week. I always thought I'd get drafted. I always thought I'd get drafted in the spring of 2022. I just didn't think it would be this way. <laughs> oh. So yeah, let's let's leave nothing on the table, fellas. Life to the fullest with Jack Loader. Thanks for calling, you. In, Jack. Thank you for listening. Thank you for calling in. Yeah, first time listeners, like eighth time caller. <laughs> Clap it up for Jack Loader, everybody. Via the DraftKings <laughs> heat check fan. Uh, no, 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 free clout. Taco, no, no free clout. That was the Taco Cello one. It's the Kevin Malader phone line. Yes. We will. DePaul dude, Kevin phone line? <laughs> yes. There we go. He, he loves it too much. All right, what segment are we going to? <laughs> We're smothering it a Contenders little bit. Uh, and I think it's that thing. Yes. Um, pretty self explanatory. I don't. Is this two, team going to be able to win a national championship or no? Two teams per freshman. Don't yes. forget. Two we're teams gonna, per freshman. Okay. We're, gonna, we're each going to give you one team at a time. Very good. Yes, I believe that would be a good method, Kevin. DePaul dude first. All right. Uh, yeah, DePaul dude first. Um, we go with the Red Raiders of Texas Tech. Contenders or pretenders? Uh, despite all logic, I think they are a contender. They are a Final Four contender. They are a national title pretender. What does what? They can make the final four. 
they cannot win the national championship. That there's makes sense. there's zero chance with the with the But f- why? Because they don't shoot the three ball well enough. They don't have a legit point guard and they don't have consistent offense. Can we start focusing on what teams do well? They play great defense and that's why they can make the final four because they can true they what and they no, what no they can team, do like, and what they do repeatedly and this is what they're elite at is hold teams to absurdly low points in the paint numbers. Yeah. Like they've they've held I believe uh, I've got the stat. Is it 16 of the 20? Yeah, so I've got the stat. Texas Tech has played 22 different teams this season. 14 have had their season low in paint points against them. Not included on the list. Of course, Nate Watson got busy. Providence. So, But that does include Baylor and Kansas. It does. Yes. And Texas and Mississippi State and And Oklahoma. And Gonzaga. Just keep listing teams they played. Yeah, like I'm, my my point is, I can name all the good teams that they've played and they've done done that. I will also th- say that they did that against Gonzaga and, and also, had no chance in winning that they game. Are, they aren't fun to guard because a lot of the guys on that team can dunk all over you. They're physical, and they have wing big guys that can stretch out and shoot. They're not very good shooters. I mean, Kevin O'Banner can make threes sometimes. Let me know what he does in March. We do. Can you imagine if this team had gotten Kevin O'Banner or Max Acemith as a package deal? Max Acemith should be an All-American. No. As someone who's watched an because unhealthy have, amount of Oral Roberts basketball this you, year, he should unhealthy be Unhealthy is the apropos word. You have a problem. I don't have a problem. It's not a problem if you're Did winning. you see the fight against North Dakota State? Oral Roberts? I did. Yeah. It was yeah. awesome. Bison. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Lee Cardenas. Played with him in high school. Clip Plays it. for North Clip Dakota it. State. Clip it. Bison. Uh, uh, okay, so Texas Tech. That took us a long time. We all agree. They're, they are a contender? They're a something? pretender contender. Sure. Hedge, as always. Okay, no, next no, 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 no. They're, they're not winning the national title. Gabe's argument makes sense. I'll bet my pinky on that. Oh, pinky bet. Love it. Gabe's argument makes sense. Pinky toe, pinky toe. He's saying they're, that's arguably more. <laughs> they're important. good enough to win. To He's get saying to the they're final. 2019 Texas Tech, which is pinky toe is big for balance. There you go. Yeah, Riley said it perfectly. Index toe. I don't care. I'll, I'll bet a limb. <laughs> Nobody's asking to level up, but you are. All right, uh, next one. All right, another Big 12 team. I have the Baylor Bears, assuming they are healthy. Mega pretender, even when healthy. No, they can win the national title. They absolutely can. Nope. I'm surprised you went straight to Mega Pretender when they just won the national title last season. And lost all the things from that team that made them good. Well, Davion Mitchell, gone. Macy O.T., gone. Mark Vidal, gone to the Chiefs practice squad. Matt Meyer hitting step backs at the top of the free throw lane. Still there. (laughs) Still there. Still there. The mullet. Still Still there. there. Scott Drew being a nice guy. Not still there. (laughs) No. Scott Drew's hair follicles, not still there. <laughs> and Everyday John, now no longer still not there. Not still there. But I will say, one Monday night, James Kinjo didn't have a great night. Clutch shot, game winner. Uh, Flagler and Cryer have stepped up at different times, and Flagler was very, very good on Monday night. Mm-hmm. And it's not like the runaway train that it was last year, but they can still do it. It just doesn't do feel it. controlled the same way it did last year. It feels a little bit more spastic, a little bit less 
uh, organized is probably not the fair word, but it's kind of what it feels like. And I think it's because their wings just kind of occupy more existence. Well, I, I can't I can't explain it. It just doesn't feel like Baylor has the vice grip on a game, the way they wrapped their arms around a game and just constricted it to death the way they did last year. It never feels like Baylor is just in a game that way. I mean, it did at the start of the year. Maybe, sure, but it has not in a long time. And Saturday will be a big test because Saturday they play Kansas at home, college game day to game, and it's it's the last chance that they have of getting a share in the Big 12 I don't know what Baylor can do in the remaining time they have the season to convince me that they can win a national title, other than winning Probably a national nothing. title. You've, you've made up your mind. Yeah, I think it's I important think so. to note, though. I mean, yeah, they lost all those guys. They also added Kendall Brown and Jeremy Sohan, though. Yeah, and that's what I'm saying. We're very yeah, good they're very talented players. This team reminds me a lot of the Texas team last year, and I said that a bunch. They are really athletic, really exciting players that don't necessarily know how to play college basketball. And they've got a bunch of guards that don't seem to have a discernible hierarchy. It's Texas. It's Texas last year. They were the same team. All right, we'll see. I don't think Abilene Christian is beating them. Probably not because Joe Pleasant is not on that team anymore. Well, also, Shaka Smart with hair. <laughs> also. All right, corporate time. All right, we're going to the Big Ten. What are the reports? The reports the earnings. from corporate. Yes. Our current stock watch, the Illinois Fighting Illini. Contender? Or pretender? Pretender. Um, contender. Why? They have a elite big man in Kofi Coburn. Sure. They have uh, in a year in a year where guard play is inconsistent and not all that special. They have someone Trent Frazier who I believe you can give the ball to and get out of the way and he can go get you a bucket. But he is a Frankenstein right now and every part of him is broken. He's playing through it. Credit to him. Yes, but I'm, I'm saying in a year of not elite guard play, he is one of the above average guards who I sure. think can take over in March and can do stuff like he did against Indiana at Assembly Hall where I'm like, all right, that guy took over that game. So I I, I believe in Trent Frazier. I believe in Illinois. I, I think that the biggest problem is that he they've had to play Purdue twice, and that's shown that if you have two seven-footers, you can kind of – double up and bully Kofi Coburn, but not a lot of teams have that. So, like, Purdue is their absolutely worst-case matchup. But my guess would be that somebody else would beat Purdue before Illinois gets there. Alfonso Plummer had the really good run where he was scoring, like, 20 a game, and we're like, who is this guy? He's kind of come back down to earth. Illinois looks a lot more vulnerable in that state, obviously. It really, to me, this team goes as far as, you know what you're going to get from Trent Frazier? You know what you're probably going to get from Kofi. That by itself is not going to be enough. You need something from Plummer or Grandison or Curbelo that is above average. And if that happens consistently, if one of those three guys is able to find a real rhythm in the tournament, it changes what Illinois is to me entirely. Curbelo can do that. But he hasn't all He's year. He's been so in- inconsistent. That's the, that's Curbelo is actually a case against them being and you just have to wonder if the butterfly effect, and you don't know if Adam Miller tears his ACL if he stays at Illinois, but, man, this team could benefit from having Adam Miller. I think Plummer's given them what Miller would have. Sure. They could have both, but... I think that they miss... Uh, 
Oh, what's his face? Ayo Dasumu? Yeah, no, they missed no, no, that guy. No, 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 yeah, not Dasumu. Uh, Asanashvili. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, all, of the, all of the guys from Georgia have, like, incredibly hard to pronounce last that names. That all end in Zhvili. Vishvili. Yeah. Mm-hmm. All right. The other... We're snaking. Are yep. we snaking? Snake draft. Snake? Oh, okay. He check style. Yeah, snake draft. So this is a team corporate personally is selling at a very high rate right now, and we touched on them a little earlier. Had to get a takeoff. Villanova Wildcats. Pretender. Pretender. Okay, moving on. Yeah, we're moving on. <laughs> yeah, we've talked enough about Villanova. Right. Sorry, Scott. No, no, no. Uh, you're good. The All intention right. was to be short. Scott, I think it was very noble of you. All right, this is a team that I think is a uh, contender. We'll see what you guys think. Uh, the UCLA Bruins. If they're healthy. Like, we're... Caveat on Baylor, the caveat on UCLA is yeah, if they're, they're healthy. Like, I, don't think it's the same. I don't think it's the same. I, I, uh, well, we know that. I don't. I think if UCLA is healthy, it changes everything for them. But I don't think it changes anything for Baylor. I, I, I think they're a contender. I will say the latest injuries, the falling off a scooter, the, <laughs> uh, the, the Tiger Campbell suspension for violation of team rules has unlocked in UCLA them starting Jalen Clark. Dog who just absolutely bullied multiple guys on ASU on Monday night. Great vlogger. And was incredible Saturday night against Washington. Had his career high 25 points. Like he's, I voted for him for Pac-12 Player of the Week. The casuals. Big flex. The casuals that also have votes. Everyone else was like, oh, Benedict Mathurin went 24-7-5 against Oregon. To be fair, you told me yesterday you were going to vote for Mathurin. No, 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 no. I said, I said, it's very easy to just every week vote Benedict Mathurin. No, or, you, you, you said to me as I caught you in passing, time to go vote for Benedict Mathurin. That is what you said. Uh, I don't remember that. Was would, that no? Was that Sunday? No, you were walking back from class. Loader was there. He can call in and verify. <laughs> I would just like to say, I love how Payne's entire takeaway from that was that the guy's a great vlogger. He's a great vlogger. Jalen Clark, special guy. Like, not what he's doing on the court, but what no, he's doing he's off the court that matters. Preparation for that game. Learned he's a great vlogger. Gave me some really good insight. And, like, legitimately, key to key to March success for them. Got to meet Mac ETN prior to events. Behind the scenes vlog. Is the prior to the man? Spitics. What? The spits. Spits. Big correction. All right. So, uh, all right, moving on. All righty. Last but not least, does the farewell tour work? Duke. Ugh. Yeah, they're a contender. They're a contender. They ab- objectively, uh. when you have a big as dominant as they do and have the firepower scoring the ball that they do, yeah, you're a contender. John Shire is doing a great job coaching this team. Guys. Yeah, shout out, man. <laughs> shout out, John Shire. Coaches around the country that listen to Heat Check, players around the country that listen to Heat Check, if there's just one of you out there, I'm going to help you win a tournament game against Duke right here. And it's two words. I said it in the group chat tonight. Shot fake. I have never seen a team jump at so many shot fakes in my life. It is like, yeah, obviously I'm biased. I hate Duke with a, with a burning passion. So I, nothing more in me wants to see them lose. But... Like, objectively, as a basketball fan, Paulo Bancaro and Mark Williams jump at every single shot fake. And I think they played Virginia tonight, and everyone's like, oh, well, John Rothstein's like, oh, they have a, such a high ceiling. They didn't even play that well tonight. And Virginia, you know, like. Keith Clark made yeah. 87 threes. They still beat Virginia. And I'm like, Virginia just isn't that good. 
and Virginia got Duke to do exactly what they wanted. They slowed the game down. They played Virginia's game, and that's going to happen in March at some point. They're going to play someone else's game and lose. I still have reservations about them at the point guard position, but yeah, that's that, a big one. And yeah, exactly. that's something that Peyton you have come around on throughout the year. Like Wendell Moore's, I I've come around on Wendell Moore being better than I thought he was, and you've come around on the fact that like Jeremy Roach is not. Well, the real one that's disappointing to me is Trevor Keels being kind of he erratic. Good he he, he good. may have yeah, been good tonight, game. but he's been kind of erratic. He hasn't shot free throws very well. And after that first game, I was like, I love this dude, and he's not been as good as I would have liked. I have a very differing opinion after the first game. I hated that dude. Okay. But also, but Jeremy Roach played out of his mind tonight. And so, like, you can't just be like, oh, these guys were – Bad for Duke, and they still won. Well, yeah, they also got it. Yeah, like they Again, got insane. Key yeah. made six threes in the first half. I'm gonna put a little asterisk next to anything that yeah, happened there, tonight. Yeah, but there were anomalous performances on both sides. That's, yeah, exactly. That's the thing. Sure. So they and they won out. on the road against a team that beat them in their home venue. That's an impressive win. That's an impre- let's not negate that. That's an impressive win. They didn't cover. They didn't cover. Very oh. solid point. Good teams Good win, teams, great teams cover. Very teams solid cover. point. <laughs> they they didn't win in that arena by as much as Navy did. Exactly. Solid wow. point. Solid exactly. point again. I'm only hearing salient points over here from Peyton Gallagher. <laughs> uh, okay. I think that's enough of that, yeah? Yeah. Uh, I think we're all the blue. What's your contender number? Like how many teams can win the national yeah, championship? Yeah, you don't get to explain it. You don't get to say what the teams are. No, you probably should do that. Yeah, you got to say what the teams are. Say the teams. You don't need an explanation, though. No explanation, though. Your list of teams that can win the national title. Ten. Okay. You don't want anything else? No. There's ten teams. Ten teams? Ten teams. You put it together at home. Without making a championship. You could be talking about the Jacksonville Dolphins. You won't know. Maybe. He's talking about DePaul. No. I'm not talking about DePaul. That's unfortunate. I think we should skip we we woo woo tonight. Yeah, go yeah. your man time. You ready to go? Let's you go. won last week. You're going first. All right. I want no. Oh, that's not that. <laughs> <laughs> it's a drop though. I'll play it anyway. I want to know who my representing it here tonight. Hold on, hold on. It's something called guard your man. Man, did this dude just did this? Watch the breakdown. Here's my hottest take of the evening. I'm going to have to say, while Nevada's going to be a high seed in the tournament, they will not make it to the Sweet 16. You're going to have to prove it to me, Chief. If they do oh, that, man. they will be on the four liner higher. Oh, man. Tom Izzo cannot produce NBA talent. That's a terrible take. The Heat Miser has spoken. I, I'm taking. I'm sticking with my take. I would take ASU in that game. Especially, oh my god! So, ASU, so you, oh my god! I just believe that this team is balanced, but they have that guy. Okay, so here's my hole in your argument. Okay, there we go. So that was guard your man here on Heat Check. Gag worthy. I don't feel like I sound like that at all anymore. I don't think I do. Uh, do I? Yeah, you sound the same. Do exact I? same. Like the exact same. Yeah. Wow, that's incredible. It's pretty spot on. Uh, we should start calling you the Heat Miser more. Throw back to whenever your job in Garger Man was, was just, just to like judge takes. takes. <laughs> yeah. Just walk in and be like, wrong. Gabe was Facts. initially like a side cast member on Heat Check. Trip down memory lane. Correct. 
He is now the king of the hill. And our game picks as well. He's a goat. Yes. Wow. One of the greats, Gabe Schwartz. Uh, and after all that, do it for there, the people. Do it for the people. I hope this is the right thing. There you go. And as someone who makes arguments for the people, I will be making one for my people on this show tonight. We've talked a lot about the Big East already tonight, but I am going to continue to harp on the bandwagon that is the Yukon Huskies. They are the second best team in the Big East, and I know that doesn't sound like much, but they are more likely to make it past the Sweet 16 than Providence is. Providence, America's luckiest team, holds an average margin of victory of 5.6 points per game. UConn holds an average margin of victory of 11.1 points per game. If you can't do math, that is nearly double. UConn is better in offensive efficiency. They're better in defensive efficiency. UConn has a better big man. I'd take Adam Asanogo over Nate Watson. I would take RJ Cole over Al Durham or Jared Bynum. Providence is probably going to end up being a four seed. I know Peyton thinks they're going to be a two. That's not happening. UConn's probably going to end up being a five or six. And still, Providence is going to be one of the worst four seeds ever. Kind of like that 2008 Vanderbilt team, not to bring up bad things for Peyton. That no, team, that's exactly what you wanted to do. That, 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 that team lost to a 13 seed Siena, 83-62. That game made me cry. Good. Let's prepare for Providence to get upset in the first or second round, and let's prepare for UConn to be a second weekend team because they are the second best team in the Big, Big East. Woo! Shout wow. out, Scotty. Shout, shout out, Corporate Scotty. Pander. Pander, Very pander, so. pander, pander. It's like designer. Panda, 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 panda. Exactly. <laughs> Good luck, Peyton. Shout out, Hank the Tank. Um, for real, shut up, Hank the Tank. <laughs> <laughs> Riley, Jalen Clark is Hank the Tank. <laughs> no, yeah. Jalen Clark is not Hank the Tank. Uh, we Miles need a, Johnson? Cody Riley? No, we need a chonkier boy than that. Zach Eady? <laughs> uh, Evan Batty is Hank the Tank. Oh, yes. 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 Yeah. Oh, um, from Louisiana, uh, Lofton from Louisiana. Yes. Kenny Lofton, <laughs> friend of the damn program. Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. <sighs> John Calipari has established himself as one of the best college basketball coaches recent memory, maybe ever. That gets solidified with a national championship, sure. But let me tell you why this John Calipari coaching job is the best one he's done since he was roaming the parquet floors at UMass. John Calipari has always had exceptional talent at Kentucky. A lot of the times, that talent has failed to meet expectations. The undefeated team with Anthony Day, or rather, Carl Anthony Towns, John Wall team, etc., etc. Preseason expectations, tournament expectations. He's only got the one national title. This team, for a coach that has been widely perceived as a guy who just rolled the balls out, is evidence that John Calipari is an excellent coach. The level of organization the level of buy-in for a team full of guys that were the guy at a previous destination, a team full of guys that are outperforming anything they ever did in their career previous. Oscar Shibway has nearly doubled his points per game and rebounds per game under John Calipari. Going from a coach, Dana Holgerson, not Dana Holgerson, what am I doing? Huggins, West Virginia, 
the, the connections there. I may have just lost it with that. But in a coach that's got 800-plus wins, this is the best coaching job John Calipari's ever done. Very well done. Both of you. Good argument. Aside from confusing Dana Holgerson and Bob, Bob Huggins. Huggins. Country Roads. Uh, guys, this, this might be the toughest one. Yeah, this has been the closest one so far. I think I'm pretty obvious, so we'll get that out of the way. <laughs> I really I really was not trying to pander. I just I just pre-show was determined to be anti-providence today. Peyton, you know? this is that was a great take, and I kind of agree. But I more so agree that UConn is better than Providence. Providence will not see the second weekend. UConn could. Can I ask a probing question? That's not bias. Peyton. Probe away. What's your what do you think is the second best coaching job Calpari's done? At Kentucky, which it's team? It's got to be the national title team, not the 2015 team that went what 38 no until it's got to be the national well, title team. I mean, the, the 2012 team he did something that with the lack of experience. That what about the 2014 team that went to the final? Davis was special. No, it's got to be the the team that went to the championship with Julius Randle uh, got a lot of yeah. help. <laughs> I wonder um, who turned them away in that championship well, game. And he did a good coaching job in the Harrison, but they got saved by the Harrisons time and time again. And like it's the three, three, times. It's a, three times in one tournament. This yes, is the it's place incredible. he does it. Dude, oh, yeah. my God, at, any, anyway, anyway, right. yeah, the only one you could say it's second to his national title team. Okay. All right. After a lot of thinking, a lot of thinking while you guys were discussing that, mm. I've come to my conclusion, and I'm going to have to side with Peyton on this one. And it's not so much that I disagree with Gabe. Um, the only thing about Gabe's argument is that I think it is maybe not obvious, but I don't think it's that. I, th- I mean, it's called Garja Man. It's supposed it's to lay up. It's supposed to be a hot take, and I don't think saying UConn after beating Villanova is the, is the second best team in the Big East is really that much of a hot take. And when I think you think of Kentucky, you think of oh, Calipari's had way better teams than this. But I would agree with Peyton. This is his best coaching job yeah because he's getting the most production i'm gonna be honest i didn't know who savir wheeler was before this year yeah and And now he is one of the best point guards in the sec one of the one of the better ones in the country it's objectively his least talented team the only five-star guy on this roster aside from shaden sharp who's not playing and i guess keon brooks may have been a five-star i think keon brooks is but is ty ty washington imagine how much better this team would be with sharp too what was she play she was a four-star I saw Peyton on the. Let's not act like he's got so nothing. He was a 45th ranked player Peyton. in his class. It's not like he was a lottery pick. Got a clarifying question for you, for you, Peyton. He's not someone that that Kentucky wouldn't have recruited out of high school. Are you saying? I want to double check something. You said that this is Calipari's best coaching job ever, or just while he's at Kentucky? While he's at Kentucky, and was a little bit overzealous at the end. The the Marcus can be UMass okay. teams. Uh, that that's got to be a cut above this. Okay. All right then. Yeah, this is tough. I've been going back and forth on this. What Cal has done this year has been really impressive. And I'm not a John Calipari fan whatsoever, but what he's done with this group has been very impressive. I like UConn a lot. I always will like UConn a lot. I think Gabe brings up a good point. I do see them going the second weekend. But I just like Peyton's take just a little bit more, so we're going with Peyton. Woo, we're tied. Congrats. Three. Congrats. Good win. Um, very very good win. well done this Despicable. week, Despicable. No, that was a good one. That was so, a good one. 
I respect that, even look, though look, I don't love John Cover. Can we just shake hands and not punch each other? Yeah, we, can, <laughs> we always do that. Can we speak a little bit more? I, I didn't feel like I articulated my point as well as I even really wanted to. The level of sets, the intricacies, the way this team plays is, especially for a guy, I mean, it's Kentucky. Let's not act like had Kentucky missed a tournament this year that there wouldn't have been legitimate job pressure on job Calipari. John, words are hard, jeez. John Calipari coming into next season. Uh, that lifetime deal would have had a short lifetime very quickly had this team not succeeded. And, and all indications look like, how is John Calipari going to win with a team full of transfers that are less talented than his normal guys and he's still doing the same thing where he's trying to get everybody to buy in coming into a new year with a completely new roster? I didn't think this was going to work, especially after they lost to Notre Dame and lost to Duke the way they did. This has been incredible. The and sne- he is my na- he might be my national coach of the year. I think he's in that discussion. He will not get any play in it, but I think he should be. Don't get me started on like what the what we do to to allow certain people to be national coach of the year contenders that are top five teams that had expectations preseason, and what we don't for other coaches because it's just stupid at this point. But I think that the the best thing that you can say about John Calipari, like legitimately this season. And this is a, a grand scheme thought from for this year and years in, in the future is that as we watch someone like Penny Hardaway sit at Memphis and try to do the one and done thing still, quietly, he hasn't necessarily said this out loud, but John Calipari has signaled that like you cannot win that way anymore in this sport and that you yeah. need you need the tie ties, you need the De'Aaron Fox, you need the Shea Gilgis Alexander guys. You also are gonna need Kellen Grady's. You're going to need Jacob Toppins. You're going to need Oscar Shibways. Like you, you have to hit the portal, and you have to hit on your five stars, and you have to mesh those things as well. Things well, and you'll see. Like Bill Self went into the portal a bunch this this offseason. You you've seen other guys go into the portal. Scott Drew has done it. A t- Scott Drew won a national title because he went into the portal really well, and he started mm-hmm. hitting on five stars as well. So like. Mm-hmm. The you can't just do the you cannot just do the everybody transfer move, which is why I think that there's a cap on guys like guys like Musselman at Arkansas unless they get those five stars, and you can't just do the all five stars move like Penny's doing. Yeah, you and have to you have to merge those. I'm two. fascinated with how Calipari builds his roster next year, and then moreover, I think there's a really good chance that Oscar Sheboy comes back. Well, yeah, because he's going to get a million-dollar NIL deal. Multi-million-dollar, according to his agent. And, yeah, and that's what Kyle Tucker was reporting in The Athletic this week. I will read this one stat from my argument that I did not get to, Mm -hmm. and then we can do bubble wrap and scholarships and sanctions and peace out of here. Um, I cited the 2008 Vanderbilt team. Yeah, I hate you for that. Why'd Uh, you do that? You going to bring up the 2012 team? You going to do that now? No, I'm not. But Mackenzie Kramer— who is a ESPN stats and info researcher, not named Jared Burson, um, does research for Daily Wager, used to work on College Game Day and such. He tweeted, Providence is on track to be the first top four seed to be ranked outside the top 40 in Ken Palm since 2008, Vanderbilt. That team was 51st in Ken Palm and earned a four seed. Vanderbilt got stomped 83-62 to in the first round by 13 seed Siena that year. I wrote in the Heat Check Herald this week, no Power 6 team in the Ken Palm era, which dates back to 0102, has ever finished with as great of a positive luck rating as this year's Providence team currently sits. Right now, they are plus 
0.207. They are now plus 0.208 after tonight. The previous high ranking for any team from a major conference league is the 2014-15 Maryland Terrapins, which finished with a plus 0.127 mark. That is plus 0.080 difference. That's a massive, massive gap. I don't think that can be understood enough. And that Turgeon team won by three over Valpo as a 13 seed. Shout out Alex Coyle in the opening <laughs> round of that tournament. And then got well, beat by true. 10 points comfortably by five seed West Virginia next week. So I, I'm i declaring myself anti-Providence. And I've, I've okay. been on that island and I'm going to stay on You're that not island. declaring yourself that because you've been that. I've been that. I've been that and I'm staying that and I will be that. Okay. I'm consistent, if anything. That's true. That's true. Um, just some numbers. Just some numbers. Let's hear some rap. Woo! I said I was going to bring the Gil Scout Heron. Slow jams. All right. I'll go first. Just got one team. It's a, it's a, it's a doozy. Just got, I got to feel it again. I got to feel where I'm coming in. Mama! Michigan punching things left and right. Only thing left is a ticket. Hopefully, like Juwan, they can stick it. Go ahead, Scott. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We back again on the track. Indiana Hoosiers running out of time like Prescott Dak. Staying in Texas. SMU looking good for a bid. I mean, the Gators' resume is pretty mid. They're going to need to make a run in Nashville. March is coming, baby. I need a nitroglycerin pill. I think that's the second time Scott has, like... Not so sneakily sneak this Dak Prescott one of these. <laughs> yeah. All right, now out of the A10 is day 10. They started out slow, but they now <laughs> won eight of ten. They're on the outside looking in, and their resume has more than one win. And with one week to go, all we know is that Grant's team needs to put on a show. I can't believe you rhymed A10 in day 10. <laughs> That's right, I did that. Woo. Says a guy who's gone by Pay 10 Gallagher. <laughs> Yes, day, so, Dayton Gallagher. I know it's Dayton, but you know, for the purposes of this, I changed it. I, I, understood, I understood what was done, Riley. Mm-hmm. It was a bold play, Riley. Look at look at this, and look at this. Great radio, great radio, guys. You what want he is, nominated. What he has showed me <laughs> is Dayton is ranked 40th in Ken Palm, I and know. you would not believe. I'll give I'll give one guess who is ranked 43rd, three spots below him. <laughs> Providence. Yeah. Very good. Providence, yeah, I was going to say. I look at the numbers. I just don't believe them. Oh. Well, shout out the Flyers. You know who beat beat Kansas? Dayton. Dayton. Quality loss. Quality loss. Quality loss. That's one of the the resume building wins I put in my rap. Wait, wait, wait. Can can someone confirm this for me? Is, Is Dayton a quad one loss for Kansas? No way. Are they? There's no I way. Neutral court at that floor, point yeah. in the year, absolutely not. No, no, they were but awful it's, it, that. Adjusts, it doesn't change. It adjusts. Yes, it does. I thought it didn't. Yes, it does. Yes, uh, most definitely does. Dude, we North Carolina has fluctuated between one and two <laughs> quad one wins. We need Michigan to start winning, man. Whatever. North, North Carolina woke up on Saturday with zero quad one wins, woke up on Sunday with two. Can and we, the answer is yes, that is a quad yeah, one Yeah, it's loss. a quad one win for Dayton, so quad one Can, loss for Kansas. Shout out. Dayton. Yeah. Can we do uh, scholarships and sanctions yeah. and leave? Yeah. 
The, okay. I, I have mean, a... the vacuum guy yeah. is here. All right. We, talked we lot... gotta leave. <laughs> we talked a lot about the Big East tonight, and that's where I'll start with my sanctions. Like, UConn, pick an arena, man. Okay. Uh, yes. No, no I agree. Listen. Yes. How about you listen to me? Listen. Yes. As a man who has been to both arenas, Mike, this is actually funny. My scholarship tonight was the XL Center. I that was. place was rocking. Like, it hasn't been that loud since Hartford Whalers. Extra games, large hearts. UConn should play every game at Gamble. Yeah. I'm on Riley's side so, on this. Listen, Gamble's great. Excel is great, but when you're playing Villanova, you get. Would you rather fit ten thousand people in Gamble or twenty thousand people in XL? Gamble. I, Every day I, of the week. I don't think we should be questioning the UConn fan on what is better for UConn to be playing games. As nah, someone, nah, nah, nah. I, I, I would love to be like, yo. If you're a real blue blood, you should be able to fill out 20, XL every night. Thank you. That's, and that's they my fill point. out XL. They stay in They, they sold it out. Could, could they do it for DePaul? No. Could they do it for when Vermont comes to town? UConn's not Kansas. UConn has they, more national titles than <laughs> Kansas in the last and they're 30 not years. Carolina either. I got to bring my boy Riley that's right. into that. Okay, I'm just going to keep rolling here. I got another great, great scholarship. I'm not entirely sure how to pronounce his name, but I think it's just Jas Karen Singh. He went on uh, Jeopardy. Won a bunch, bunch of money for Texas and was at Hook the basketball em. game tonight. Welcome. So that's pretty right. sweet. Nice. I just said my scholarship, but sanction. Um, what's Riley. Riley. James Riley Breeding, sanction. you're a coward. Never referee basketball again. <laughs> you suck. <laughs> Never do it again. Just a bad week for refs overall at all levels of basketball. Oh, I'll tell you. <laughs> all righty. There's uh, no way. There's no <laughs> way. We don't, we, don't need, we don't need to acknowledge it. <laughs> <laughs> so my sanction if the ESPN highlight package is correct, I'm pretty sure the Texas fans stormed the court after beating TCU tonight. They so, did. So, okay, that's my sanction, because I'm sorry, wh- why are you doing that? What are we doing? What are we doing, Texas fans? What are we doing? It's, I mean, that's a good win. That's a good win, but, like, come on. And then, uh... There's no way. Yeah, exactly. There's no way. There's no way. And then, uh, my scholarship, uh... Uh, Gabe mentioned earlier about Valpo. Um, their former head coach, Bryce Drew, just picked up his 200th career win tonight in uh, GCU's 85-64 win over Chicago State. So congrats to Bryce oh, Drew. Shout out. State. Got like win. 10 of those in two years of Vandy. Let's go. You got you to do a tournament one year. Yeah, and then Matthew Fisher Davis fouled a guy and when they were Northwestern. up. Yeah. Northwestern. Fouled a guy when they were up one. Vanderbilt is Northwestern's only ever tournament win. Yep. That's incredible. Mm-hmm. That is incredible. At least you got baseball. Real nerd game. Yeah, Jack Leiter. Mm. My loan scholarship is to Adidas. Yes. Incredible work with the Black History Month jerseys. And you weren't really about them whenever. No, no, no. You no. had them, but when Kansas got them, both of them were are like, very great. good. And the the ones for Indiana are really good too. The, and yep. Louisville, Nebraska's were awesome. Nebraska's were Louisville awesome. had nice ones. Oh yeah. The sunflower for Kansas. Yeah, it worked specifically well. well for KU. And ASU played extremely well when they wore them. So. What were the records? I mean, Nebraska obviously soiled any perfect okay, record. Uh, thing, Indiana has not played in them yet. Kansas won. ASU Louisville, won. Rutgers won. Louisville lost. Rutgers, Rutgers won. won. So three and two. So what far. about Miami? Mm-hmm. What Miami do? I don't think. Did Miami get one? I didn't see Miami. Definitely. Definitely. We're gonna have to put stats and research on that, and we may or may not report back on on Wednesday next week. Yeah. We won't. Probably. <laughs> yeah, we, we'll, we'll, forget. we'll forget probably. But yeah, shout out scholarship. Adidas. I'm gonna. I've said enough negative things about okay. college basketball tonight, so I'll, okay. I'll opt out for this. Scholarship tonight. to Darius McGee of Liberty. Does anybody in the studio know that name? Yeah. Okay. Nope. Dave does because he's a diehard. Because I'm a degenerate. Else? Nope. Yeah. Sorry. Nope. 
Nope. Darius McGee of the Flames of Liberty. Over his last five games, here is his stat line. 32 points per game, six rebounds per game, five Scott chair swivels per game into the microphone. Sits up real straight all of a sudden. Do we want some table kicks, too? Uh, No, please no. (laughs) Please no. Uh, Just just to refresh, though, 32, six rebounds. not me. 5.2 assists per game, six made threes per game over his last five. I bet you guys weren't aware of this. He is now with five games at at least, probably six, maybe seven. He is only 33 threes away from the single-season record set by Steph Curry. Uh, And he's the first player to put up 35-5 and over a five-game span since Trey Young. That's insane, and the nation is unaware. It's because— Shout out Jared Burson for the information there because he put me on. It's because he plays with Drake Dobbs, who played high school basketball in Minnesota. Nice. Nice. Also, 33-3 sounds not, like, very much, but— He's making six a game over his last five. But does he—how many games will he have left in his career? Because that's, like, the real— well, it's a single season no, record. No, in, in, yeah, yeah, yeah. in this season. In this season. I mean, he's going to get at least six, it appears, if they get all the way to the conference tournament, which they should in the ASOC. All right, we'll see. I, I do love that this room can't be quiet while mid-major basketball is being talked about. Mm, blue Bloods. It's an unfortunate yeah. for me a fan of mid-major teams. just a stuck-up, snotty room over DePaul here. and Vanderbilt in the other room. <laughs> It's a rough scene for us here in Studio no, One. Hey, we it got really a Vermont a good fans time. in here, right? Yeah, it's a bad time. It's real hey, haves and have-nots. JFL nots. gets healthy, man. Watch out for the Blue Demons. Mm-hmm. That's right. That's right. I mean, they could be Providence. Shout out Mark Aguirre. <laughs> they could. Why are you just spiking the microphone? The show is not over. <laughs> I, I have another scholarship, okay? Oh. Come back. Hashtag justice for Peyton. Justice Correct. for DePaul. That's uh, right. <laughs> scholarship slash Lamar Odom. You see this? What? No. Huh? What did he do? <laughs> he said, I think I could be the next head coach at Rhode Island. There's an active head coach. Nobody's been fired yet. Uh, they're not doing too well right now. That was his quote. I love that. Lamar Odom, the guy who n- was in a coma after tripping off herbal Viagra. If there's anything Emmanuel Acho has told me this week, <laughs> it's that <laughs> set, set your goals anywhere and you can't fail. So I respect I respect the heck out of Lamar. Your only goal is to have all the goals. And with that, I I wait to get neck pulled up. While we wait, <laughs> speaking of Rhode Island, just want to say Dan Hurley, the carpenter. And Kamani Young by stock now. Poor Ishell, I mean. Well, now we have a Fabletics ad. Wow. <laughs> Great radio here. Wow. <laughs> Heat check. We'll probably do a show over the weekend. Tough night for Xavier Pinson. Tough one. Tough one. Tough one. Very tough one. Uh, It's been a good show. A long show. It's time for college basketball to get serious. And we're getting serious with it. And we will see you in a couple days. Probably. Maybe. I don't know. Awkward outro. Goodbye.